Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I'm stoked today. Today is a fun one. Uh, before we dive in, uh, I want to remind you of our headline sponsor, Routine. Um, if you guys have ever just woken up uh, in the morning and gone to grab that cup of coffee first thing, you you probably understand what I'm about to say. And, and sometimes I wake up, grab that coffee. I have a cup of coffee, maybe even a second one. Uh, if it's a day, you know, that I'm not, you know, working out first thing in the morning. And after my, you know, having a couple cups of coffee, I kind of feel like I'm like, man, I'm thirsty. I feel a little dehydrated. Um, well, that's because when we sleep, we lose between a pound and a pound and a half of water. Most of that expelling vapors, sweat, etc. And when we get up and we have coffee, um, first thing in the morning, we tend to actually get more dehydrated. So the team over at Routine came up with a proprietary product called Morning Routine. And Morning Routine is a single-serve packet that you can tear open and dump into, you know, I dump into my, my cup of water first thing in the morning. Each of these packets contains a blend of half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and most importantly, no sugar. So a lot of those hydration products out in the market uh, are filled with sugar. Uh, these guys have no sugar in their product. Uh, and honestly, it, it tastes great. It, it's become a morning ritual of my own. Um, you know, before I work out in the morning, I tend to put one of these, mix it with some pre-workout and uh, enjoy. It tastes great. I truly feel hydrated after and uh, it's a great way to start your day. Routine, trusted ingredients, made convenient. If you guys would like to try morning routine, or any of their other products. They also sell uh, green superfood complex, vitamin D, apple cider vinegar gummies, as well as elderberry gummies, all things to add to your daily routine uh, to make you a healthier person. If you'd like to check them out, you can check out yourroutine.com. That link is in the show notes. And you can use code SHANEWHITE30 at checkout to receive 30% off your first order. All right, everybody. I'm stoked today because I was able to get two people on the podcast. The first time I've done a uh, three-person podcast here on, on Simply Finance with Shane White. And I was stoked to have Paul Haverland and Jeremy Osborne, the two co-founders of the five co-founders of Podium Nutrition on the podcast. Paul and Jeremy are seasoned, uh, seasoned excuse me, entrepreneurs who have both done uh, plenty of entrepreneurial you know, endeavors in their careers. They teamed up with Marston and Heber from the Buttery Bros, as well as the GOAT, Matt Fraser, Fraser to uh, start a, a supplement company. And we dive all into the why and what makes Podium different. Um, if any of you guys follow me on social media, I actually just got my first shipment of Podium uh, and uh, started trying out the products. Love the products, really do. Truly think they are uh, something special. <laughs> if any of you guys, like I said, follow me, you'll see they do have something pretty cool with uh, the way the the scooper even even sits on this little hook inside your supplement containers, so that uh, you don't lose that uh, pesky scoop, as all of us know tends to happen way too much. But Podium is a brand built on transparency. Uh, their products are open label and they're very forthcoming in what's in them and what is not. And they're backed by, you know, everyday people like, like Marston and Heber who are athletes who are trying to just better themselves, but are also just good guys. Uh, and 
all the way up to people like Matt, who are some of the highest performers in their sport. So they, you know, their products are meant to serve all types of people, all types of athletes. And it was really cool to get to talk to both Paul and Jeremy about the creation of Podium and what they're trying to accomplish. So um, today also actually marks a big day for them. They launched uh, their D2C site, so their, their direct-to-consumer Podium um, website a few weeks ago, sold out in 24 hours, quickly got back in stock, and uh, happy to announce I'm releasing this podcast on the same day that they uh, announced that they are starting off with nationwide distribution with GNC. So congrats to the Podium team on uh, some early success. And um, like I said, it was a pleasure getting to talk to Paul and Jeremy. All right, I'm going to shut up now. And without further ado, give it up for Paul and Jeremy. Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I'm stoked today. This is a special episode with two of the founders of Podium Nutrition, Paul Haverland and Jeremy Osborne. Fellas, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Yeah, thanks for having us. Excited to be here. Excited to have you guys. I was just, before we started recording, for everyone listening, I said this is the first time I've had two founders of the same company on at the same time. So this is an exciting first for me on the podcast. So Without further ado, I'd love for you guys to just give a little intro to the brand for folks who don't know what Podium Nutrition is, and then uh, just maybe say hi from both of you. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, Podium, um, you know, is the really the first authentic sports nutrition brand that's come out of the CrossFit space. Um, so we've partnered um you know, co-founders, you know, our co-founders are Matt Fraser, Heber Cannon and Marston Sawyers, guys that are, you know, ingrained in the CrossFit community. Um, you know, and so starting, starting there podium right away has made a bit of, you know, a pretty solid impact, um, with, within the space, Jeremy and I entrepreneurs, um, and have some background in, in kind of scaling businesses and sports nutrition. And so, yeah, podium, we think is, a you know, the first kind of brand that's really built for the CrossFit athlete to train with, not just someone trying to shove, a, you know, a, a shove product into, into CrossFitters hands. Sure. This is coming, you know, the it's designed for and built, built from within this, the community. Love that. And Jeremy, yeah. you want to, do you want to say hi to everyone listening to the podcast? Sure. Uh, hello. Good morning or whenever you're listening. Uh, my name is Jeremy Osborne. Paul and I are co-founders along with Matt Marston and Heber. Paul really, you know, hit the nail on the head. This is sort of the first authentic brand to come out of the space. I've been doing CrossFit for about 10 years. And when Paul and I met, he has an extensive background in sports nutrition that I'm sure we'll get into in the podcast. And he was thinking about what he was going to do. I was thinking about what I was going to do. And then this idea came out of it that, well, maybe maybe we should focus on this segment of athletics. Of, athletics at the moment and so that from that first lunch we had it sort of became this big brand and so you know just last week I got my first you know bottle of uh, protein opened it had it and kind of looked at it on the the counter like what is going on here oh, sorry about that um so it's been you know, sort of full circle over about 18 months figuring out is this going to be a brand to this is a business to this is real and it's on my counter right now quite a ride 
Yeah, no, I bet. Um, it's been it's been cool from a you know I guess I would say like a fan perspective. Um, I know in the I think the Buttery Bros. It was the first time I had when they released that video where they were like kind of behind the scenes uh, with you guys. I don't know how long ago that was. It feels like a while ago. Um, April eighteenth. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there you go. So we know April. So uh, that was. I mean, I remember being like, aha, because a funny little backstory. I when I joined RX Bar in twenty seventeen. Um, knew what CrossFit was, but had never done it. Didn't really know anything about it. And just the, uh, that's kind of how RX became RX bar, right? It was, it wasn't necessarily a protein bar for CrossFit, but that was like the tribe. And it started off going from CrossFit box to CrossFit box, selling protein mm-hmm. bars in Chicago. Um, and so then I kind of just from the, the founders of RX bar kind of got to know what CrossFit was. And then I got into it and built my own garage gym. And now I'm definitely a part of that world, but it's funny because there's all these brands that have kind of like jumped on that kind of RX bandwagon. I've tried to be like the blank of CrossFit, but there's really not been to your guys's point, a brand that's like trying to be built from within CrossFit, like using the people who know what CrossFit is and building products specifically for it. It's just kind of been brands trying to like, in my opinion, like snap on to what the CrossFit community is and try to be like, you know, just jump onto that bandwagon. Um, so that's really exciting. First of all, that you guys kind of like flip that on its head would you guys mind then kind of going back to the beginning? So you mentioned Paul has a, an extensive background in sports nutrition. Paul, do you mind giving everyone just a little bit of a rundown of, of what that means? Because I think a lot of people listening will, will recognize some of the brands that you've worked with. Yeah, sure. I, I uh, started with a company called Woodbolt in 2007. Woodbolt's currently known as Nutribolt, Cellucor. Uh, they also make Cyvations, uh, C4 Energy. They go by. Oh, as yeah. well. I go by a lot of different names now. Sure. Um, started there in 2007. I was, I think maybe the sixth or seventh employee um, and was one of a few people that, that formulated and flavored the original uh, C4 uh, powder that went into GNC and kind of the rest is history around, around that product. Obviously the number one selling pre-workout in the world. It's become a, ba- a beverage. It's massive. I feel like if anyone uh, works out that listens to this, you've seen that or known it or most likely taken it for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, sure. great, it's a great product. And, um, you know, redesigned all the stuff originally from, you know, Cellucor back in the day had aluminum bottles. And, and um, you know, so I came in and redesigned their, their, their labels and their packaging um, and kind of went on to do that um, through 2015. Uh, was fortunate enough, went through a liquidity event, and I was able to uh, walk away at that time. And I started um, another sports nutrition company um, that had, you know, great, great, quick success, um, kind of tailored toward more of like the, the Gen Z type type world. Um, and recently sold my shares back to the partnership, say recently, it's been a few years ago, sold my shares back to the partnership. Uh, Time's just flying by. Yeah, um, you know, and had kind of kind of semi-retired, I guess, at that time. And here in uh, Bryan and College Station, College Station is a pretty pretty small community. Um, a lot of my friends, um, you know, had known that Jeremy had recently gone through an exit as well, and so I kept hearing over and over and over, "Hey, have you met Jeremy Osborne?" and you guys should go have a coffee or meet for lunch. And so I got that three or four times from three or four, three or four different mutual friends and said, okay, like give me his number and, and uh, maybe we can, we can meet up. Meanwhile, Jeremy's getting the same thing on his side. Um, 
And I think we met for a coffee or lunch, probably in the fall of 19 initially. Yeah. And then went, went to, um, and then went to lunch, I think in January of 20. And then yeah. Jeremy can pick it up from there. He, you know, the rest kind of, <laughs> kind of started, you know, serendipitous in a way, but it started to snowball from there. It, yeah, it feels like it's been 10 minutes. In other ways, it feels like it's been 10 years. But uh, <laughs> I went to school here. I did, Paul grew up here. He's a local in Bryan College Station for the most part. I grew up in East Texas and then came to school here, left and thought that was a great experience. I'm never going to live here ever again. I'm just at that point in the mid 2000s, there, there weren't a lot of businesses here. There wasn't an opportunity to really pursue a career in this market. Went on to law school. So I'm an attorney by trade, lived in Washington, lived in New York, worked in a very traditional regulatory practice, energy based. So when I came back to Texas, I went to work in-house at an oil and gas services company. A uh, little nepotism involved there. One of my long-term uh, long mentors had started that business about a decade earlier. His kids and I had met each other at AM. And then he sold it and they sold to a public company. And so I was part of the integration, SOX compliance, everything that went on for, for years. And then it was acquired again and again. There was a, a round of consolidation in that industry at that point. So in 2011, I left to actually join him up here. He had retired here and then got an idea to start a new business. And we did that together. We sold that in 14. I took about a year off and then in 15 started my, my last venture prior to podium, which was called Pegasus. And it, it kind of took off instantly. We had uh, a, you know, a large capital raise from Apollo. Uh, we were sponsored by them, got a big contract, ended up growing to about 250 employees in eight states across the country, had a really big exit to our largest competitor at the end of 19. And so the first wow. time I met Paul, we had we'd signed the PSA, we had not closed on the transaction yet. So we kind of met, I thought this is an interesting guy, he's got some cool ideas. And I had to get to, to the end, you know, get to the, the, the payday. So we did that and then holidays hit. So about a month later, we, we finally met and had lunch. And out of, like I was saying, that lunch, we sort of came up with this idea for a brand focused on this market. Then series of events transpired early March, I actually DM'd Heber he and I had conversed before online. We had a lot of mutual contacts, but I didn't really have anybody willing to like reach out and make an introduction. So I said, I'm just going to try this cold turkey. Love and it. I did. I DM'd him. And for whatever reason, I don't understand why even until today, he messaged right back. He said, email me. Let's get on the phone. And within about two weeks, we were talking to Heber Arson and their, their agent, James, out of the UK. And I feel like really from that call, it, it was going to happen. It was slow. At times it kind of stalled out in 20, just because of the pandemic and trying to figure out what exactly it was going to be. But when they got Matt involved in the fall, it, it really, really got exciting for us. Yeah, no. And that's such a, both your backgrounds are so cool. Cause it's like, you guys have both had success in other parts of business. And then in my opinion, you guys are like coming together as like this dream team to try to like create something that's like <laughs> first of its kind, which is just really cool. Um, and it's funny you guys said that because it's fun. This podcast alone has taught me, and we've talked about it on the podcast with a few founders of just it's amazing today with social media and just how small the world is with social media. Have one you can be one DM away from like your next business. Right. And I know it's funny, like getting Matt Fraser on here and uh he or Marston, I mean, 
um, both of those were just Instagram DMs. So it is funny. It's like, you just never know. And I always push people. I'm like, you take know. a shot, DM somebody. If you're interested, you want to talk to them, meet them. You never know. Right. You know, um, that's right. You know, he, uh, Jeremy had met Heber in passing a few years prior at an actual CrossFit event, maybe three or four years prior. Um, and Heber has his Rolodex, you know, so he, he's, he's really good at networking. <laughs> um, and he remembered Jeremy from that, from that meeting, like wow. briefly, um, which was pretty amazing. And then when Jeremy DM'd him, it was just like, like Jeremy said, it was just go time. And, um, it took a little longer to get to market than we wanted. Uh, there was a lot of other things to get into play, but you know, you, you want to make sure when you go to market that you have the right, the right team ultimately right. You know, to, go, to go to battle with. And, um, I think we, we do. So it was the right timing and, uh, you know, like we would have loved to, to have been out six months prior, but um, mm-hmm. I think taking the time to make sure we got it right, making sure the flavors and formulas were correct, making sure that, you know, we had the right, the right people involved. Like I said, um, I, I think we, we're in a good place. So excited yeah, to see yeah. what happens here. You know, the opportunity no, is there. So. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's interesting too, if we even take a, a step back again, thinking like zero to one. So, I mean, you guys, you guys meet up you guys hit it off. You guys both realize that you have backgrounds that maybe synergistically would be successful together. I'm assuming. How did you guys though go from, I mean, cause that's like, I've met plenty of people and gotten a coffee. I've, I've yet to start a, a brand or like a business with very many of them. So how did you go from like, Hey, I, these, I like this guy, like we could work together to coming up with podium. I feel, you know what I mean? Like what was, what was kind of that process for people listening who maybe they have ideas or maybe want to meet somebody they think they could work well with what, what was kind of that process with you guys, like going from zero to one. I feel like we went from zero to five, not zero. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> sort of. uh, I, I don't know about Paul, but this has not been typical in my experience. I mean, I've had people I've met along the way and continued to be you know, part of their lives and they've helped me out in my career, but just sort of meeting someone and sparking an idea that turns into a company. I don't, that, that's not typical of me. And I really don't think it's typical of, of most people. Paul and I are in a unique situation where we kind of found ourselves semi-retired very young. And so we had the luxury of being able to pick our partner, pick what we wanted to do next and have the resources to do it. You know, to, to Paul's point, I think when Heber saw the DM, I'm sure they did a little homework and they, they figured out who we were and that we'd had success. And that's one of the things that my mentors always said is you, you can't underestimate the value of a winning track record. If you have a win, people want to be a part of that because they think you're going to win again and again. And it's true in terms of employees, partners, uh, equity sponsors, you know, private equity firms, they go out and they look for management teams. They don't necessarily go out and look for ideas. So for me, it was, we were in a unique spot and we kind of had the luxury to be able to take our time and figure out if it was really something we wanted to do. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the first meeting. And then it was, um, you know, Jeremy and I took, a lot of time, I think from that past that, you know, from that first launch to like curate a friendship a little bit, like kept in touch, like, you know, made it a point to try and meet up even during, you know, during the pandemic, when the world shut down, we weren't meeting up, but we we did meet a few times at each other's home and, you know, all masked up and and that, and that bit um, to kind of continue this moving forward and just continue to get to know each other before we said, Hey, okay, like let's put the, you know, let's put, put the foot on the gas and really, really go. Um, so I think that's, that's important. Not that you have to have, um, a friendship with your co-founder, but, 
um, definitely it helps, but I think also, you know, just, we were, we were, um, kind of curating a mutual respect for one another and kind of who we were, um, as individuals. And then of course our track record in business was there, but, um, I always, you know, make it a point to say before I start a partnership with anybody, you know, I want to break bread with you in some form or fashion, like let's go to dinner and, um, sit and eat and can we, do we like to be around each other? You know, yeah, we, sure. we're about to spend a lot of time together, yeah. you know, right. We uh, have spent more time with each other in the past year than probably anybody else in our lives. I think so. It's important to, to like that person. With them. Yeah, it really yeah, is. It's important. <laughs> it's very, it's, it's important. And I think we have our, you know, our personalities are, are, are very different, but I think they, um, they met, they mesh well together. Um, and so I think both our strengths as well are, uh, we, we think of similarly about a lot of, a lot of things in business, um, but also have different skill sets that really complement each, you know, complement one another. So, so far it's been a, you know, a, a, a super fun and exciting kind of last, last year getting this thing to market. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it seemed like it from an external, you know, perspective. And then what's interesting, I thought the next thing would be to understand. So you guys come together, you realize maybe there's a gap in the market that you want to go after. Where, where was kind of the idea to bring on, you know, um, well-known faces in the CrossFit community? Was that something that, cause you know, you guys could have tried to go to market with just podium without everybody else, but obviously I think that was a really big differentiator. What, what kind of went through your process there of why you thought that was the best way to do that? Sure. You know, um, any, any brand, you know, whether it's a, uh, you know, a startup or a brand that's been in business for 10 years, you know, you know, said from the very beginning and, you know, on the brand side, Jeremy, Jeremy doesn't have like the experience on the brand. So he does now he's, he's, he's very well versed in brand <laughs> and a crash now, course. But, yeah. Um, on the brand, on the brand side, um, it's really about attention, you know, in today's market, mm-hmm. it's, it's completely an attention game. Um, and, you have to figure out who are the right people that represent your brand and who you want your, what you want your brand to be. Um, and do they have the attention that supports that market? Um, and so, you know, for us, of course, you know, um, we've talked a little bit, I've, I've been, been in sports nutrition for almost 15 years and um, have relationships, of course, with, with all the big retailers, big box, but also specialty um, like GNC and, of course, to create any brand and go pitch that brand to someone like a GNC, but there's not interest unless they know that you can generate the attention mm-hmm. around that particular brand. And so guys like, you know, Matt Fraser in the CrossFit space has, you know, and outside of the CrossFit space has a massive amount of, of, of attention and, you know, um, as he should, you know, the guys won five CrossFit games and he's the greatest of all time on the male side in the sport. That's, you know, it's unquestioned. Um, and then guys like Heber and Marston who have had a, you know, number one, uh, movies on iTunes or document documentaries on iTunes have worked within the CrossFit space, really know every person within the CrossFit community from gym owners to athletes um, to vendors, you know, that are with other, with other big brands, they're very well, very well connect, connected and they tell an amazing, amazing story. And so, um, you know, you've got this elite 
elite athlete and you've got these elite filmmakers and you put them together and you can really, you know, really tell a really exciting story to gain that attention. Um, and so, you know, back to kind of your question, it's, it's like without that piece, um, you know, anybody can just create a brand and and try and stuff it. I, I think the, uh, you know, stuff it into any marketplace. I think the runway to success is much longer in that scenario. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think for Jeremy and I, with, with our experience in, in scaling and kind of me having been in the sports nutrition space before and knowing what companies like a GNC or knowing the gaps that are in direct consumer and the gaps that are in, you know, other retail channels, either online or specialty or big box. Um, it looked like a really, really good time. Like timing was correct. We had the right team in place. And so um, it's all kind of come together in that, in that sense. I think I answered your question. Yeah, no, you did. You did. You did. Yeah, no, that's, that was a great response. Um, what I think is cool by the way you guys did it too. And I don't know, I can't think of another brand that's done this is you guys have, okay, you get Matt involved, who's top of the top, you know, yeah. I think a lot of people could try to do that, but then you guys go to the buttery bros and you have this combination. And I think CrossFit's special in this just in general, but you have someone who's at the top of the competitive side. And then you have two guys who like, they know all the competitive athletes, but like really, I mean, they're also really good at CrossFit athletes, but they are kind of like, they'll, they'll scale and their average Joe's to a degree. Like they can, you guys can connect with all of CrossFit, which I think is really cool. Um, so yeah. anyway, that, that was, that's, a, I thought it was cool. There's a sense of, you know, you obviously, you know, when you look at someone like Matt, who's, who's the goat, right. You go, a, a lot of people, there's a, a huge amount of respect. You're like, damn, I wish I could do what he does. That's amazing. And, you know, tip of the cap after the hard work that he's put in to, to get there. And when you see him move in person uh, and train in person, you see why he won five, five times. It's really incredible. Um, but to your point, the, the, there's uh, an everyman factor to Marston and Heber that's super relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, them, them being able to connect is, is massively important for, for a brand. I mean, you've seen the things that they've been able to do with other brands that they, they represent. Um, so as partnering with them, um, and they're, when we say partner, like they're co-founders in the business, they're, they're not just athletes we're paying. They're founders right alongside Jeremy and I and Matt as well. Um, and yeah, they're, they're super, super relatable. And they connect, I think, not just in CrossFit, but outside of CrossFit and the things that they're doing. They're really, really ingrained in that fitness community and they're getting more and more attention every day um, because they're, they're fun. You know, they're fun to watch. Yeah, um, sure. They've, uh, you know, and kind of go back to Matt a little bit too. I think since, since he uh, retired, you're really getting to see, you know, he's becoming more and more relatable as well to people. Mm-hmm. They're kind of seeing what he does behind the scenes. We're getting to see him in his, in his YouTube, uh, how he really operates. He's going out to, uh, you know, events um, where, where he's leading these, you know, 100, 200 people in training sessions and he's there and he's shaking hands and he's meeting them. You can tell he's really having a, an incredible time um, and the community is responding to that as well. So it's been, it's been really fun to, to see both, you know, both Matt and, and Marcin Heber really connect with the, with the audience. Uh, um, 
And then, of course, there's a few other pretty important. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yes, some Craig. big players. You have a big uh, squad. Yeah, Craig, Craig <laughs> Ritchie, um, who's just an amazing athlete in his in his own right, um, and he's you know I think he kind of owns the YouTube space. Him, him, and the Buttery Bros around around CrossFit, which is really really important um, for us to be able to tell the story of Podium and to have to have a guy like him on the team is, is huge. And then, you know, um, of course, Justin Medeiros, um, who's just the most likable human on the earth. The best guy. (laughs) (laughs) And also really, really good at CrossFit. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, he won this past year. Uh, It's like I said, when I was serendipitous, I think it's kind of, it's all kind of uh, fallen into place for us uh, to launch the brand. How I, know, I feel like I feel like you guys have like gold down. hands. I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, obviously Matt joins, and then you guys you guys signed Justin, and then Justin wins. I'm like, man, who guys going to touch next? We've really lucked out <laughs> so far. I, I think we've really struck a good balance. You know, CrossFit is about it, it's aspirational, right? You you see these athletes, they're excelling. You want to be like them, like Paul said, and we have you know all the all the top guys, and then you have this accessibility aspect as well. You know, CrossFit is inclusive. It's uh, modifiable it's scalable you you should be able to do it no matter what stage you are in in life so it's i think we've struck a good balance especially with heber and mars being sort of the official storytellers for the last decade you know they've narrated the story and now they're part of the story and and hopefully podium becomes part of it as it evolves and, and moves forward and grows so we're i don't think we could have assembled a better group of people really yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree. Um, from an outside perspective, it seems like you guys definitely have, you have the all-star team as far as trying to crack into the, the CrossFit space. Um, and, and Paul, you kind of hit on this. One of the questions I had was, and I'm sure people listening would love to learn what learn more. So you guys kind of go after Heber first, you guys get to meet him and try to kind of get him involved with podium. Um, but to your guys' point, it's not just you two, like Heber and Mars and Matt are actually true co-founders. So what was that process like? Cause obviously, as you guys mentioned, when you guys kind of met and started kicking this off, like Matt technically was still competing in CrossFit and it seemed like it was a really good transition for him out of the competitive space and into the business world. Um, what was kind of behind the scenes, some of that, like trying to get Matt on board and, and what his like connection and actually being a part of the business, what was that process like? Well, you know, for us from day one, you know, we, we wanted to be authentic to the community, the CrossFit community. Um, and so Heber and Mars, um, really from, from day one, when we started speaking with them and their agent, that was something that Jeremy and I felt was necessary, um, for the, for the brand to be authentic. We really need the input of people that are, you know, have their finger on the pulse of this community. Um, and so, you know, for us, it wasn't even, it wasn't really, I, I would say it wasn't really a negotiation at all. I think it was just the, you know, Hey, we want you guys to be a part of this. We don't want to pay you as an athlete. We want you to be a founder who has input in the formulas input in how we operate, you know, input in, in all aspects of the business. If you so, if you so choose. And when they connected us with Matt, it was, you know, he was coming off uh, obviously of his fifth cross CrossFit games win. Um, he, we had known after speaking with his uh, manager 
for some time that he was going to retire. They were, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, they live by that model as well, fully transparent with the people that need, need to know or are in the know. And so as we were having the initial even conversations with, with Matt, it was, um, you know, we knew, we knew he was retiring. Got it. And on our side, we saw that really as um, like a bonus, you know, of course you're going to have people out there that are, that are competing and, you know, if you have Jordan on the court, that's huge. Right. right. But, you know, you step back and look at kind of what the world is now and who people really relate to. Um, they're not, they see there's an aspirational thing, like Jeremy said, with a guy on, on, on the floor, right. Who's, who's crushing it. You, you may aspire to be that, but you most likely will never reach that height, right. You'll never, you'll never get there, but it's aspirational. It's motivational. It's all, it's all of those things. Um, but when you're able to actually get in and understand who people are and what makes them tick and you get to see them like actually being relatable to the community, uh, um, that's what really spurs like connection to a brand or connection to an individual. And so that's, that's why, you know, you YouTubers have millions of followers and make millions of dollars You know, right. people feel like they can trust them. They spend time with them. They actually know who these people are. Uh, whereas you just watch somebody on the court or on, you know, on the floor at a cross CrossFit competition, you really, you know, unless there's some sort of, unless they have, you know, some sort of other avenue for you to really connect with them, um, you know, they're not really that relatable in, in the end. And so right. when, when Matt had, had told us that he was going to, going to retire, uh, um, uh, Matt O'Keefe was Matt, Matt Fraser is going to retire. We looked at it and said, Hey, that's amazing. That's great. Like this gives us the opportunity as a brand to really have people see who Matt really is. We'd spoken with him uh-huh. a few times and, um, you know, he's, you know, he's an open book. I mean, if you ask him a question, he's going to give you a straight answer, <laughs> which is right. Which is, how, you know, Jeremy and I like, like to operate. And so there was kind of a connection right away when we first spoke, spoke with him. Um, he had had some success and in sports nutrition, um, with a few other brands had been sponsored, um, had kind of decided that wasn't the direction he wanted to go in the future. He wanted to have an impact on a, more of an impact on a brand and not just kind of be told what, what to do. Sure. He wanted to come yeah. out with products that he actually, um, believed in and that he would, he would take and that had ingredients that, you know, he's currently, u- he was currently using. Um, and so when we were formulating and all that, all that piece, you know, he was a massive um, influence on kind of where, where the pre-workout ended up and Marcin Heber on where the, the hydration and electrolyte product ended up and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, from a founder's perspective, having them from day one at the beginning and having them uh, being able to, to provide input like that as much as, as massive. And um, then you get, you know, they're, they're actually really bought in, you know, yeah. when you're not really bought in, if at some point the checks start cutting, they stop coming, you know, sure. or if you're an athlete, you yeah. know, right. Right. In this sense, it's, um, you know, to have them on board and be able to say that like these products really did come from them. This isn't just Jeremy and I in some back room doing everything. Like yeah. these, these guys, like we're, sitting there at the table when we're doing the formulas or sitting there at the table when we're, when we're doing the flavors, um, you know, and, 
from not just these products that we launched with, but the products that are that are coming in the future as well. Um, and so having them on board has been been amazing. Um, and you know, we're we're hoping to add a few more people to the mix, but I think we're in a good place place right now on the on the athlete side. Um, but there's been a lot of things. Jeremy mentioned in, inclusivity of CrossFit. Um, we're looking at adaptive athletes and we're looking at female athletes and we're kind of looking across the board on things. And, uh, Matt, a lot of times will he kind of, he says the mantra of the brand pretty, pretty well, which is like, you know, what is your podium? Can you find, where do you find your podium? Like, what is that to you? It may not be, you know, standing on the podium at the CrossFit games, you know, maybe you're a sprinter or maybe you're a basketball player, or maybe you just, you just want to be like the best mom that, you can be right. And what is that podium every day you're reaching for? What is your goal you're reaching for? And so I think over time we'll probably expand outside of, of CrossFit a little bit when we find the right, right match. Um, so we're, we're, we're looking forward, but right now, like very um, focused on our community, the CrossFit community. And, um, you know, and so that'll be, like I said, adaptive athletes and, and female athletes and, you know, you know, age group athletes and, sure. um, yeah. and we'll, we'll see. Love it. No, I mean, yeah. I feel like there's like a plethora of avenues you guys could go down next for sure. Uh, I thought it was funny too. When I had Matt on here the second time, it was before I'd met you guys. And I, I kind of framed the same question to him of just like, like how involved are you kind of just like what I see all the time, which is like, you know, your, your name and face is on the brand. Are you actually like, you know, are you actually like helping develop the product? And he went on a tangent of just like how excited he is and how obsessed he's gotten into it and how he stays up late trying to work on stuff. So I thought that was really cool. I was like, that's really not something you hear very often from people, you know, at that level in any sport of like then trying to get behind a brand. So it's cool to hear both sides of, of the, you know, the beginning story of podium. Um, and then speaking of podium, I think one thing it's, I, I thought it's really cool, obviously is the name and you kind of hit on there, Paul, of just like anyone can have their own podium. How did you guys come up with that name? Just like for the, for the listeners, I think it, it makes sense with CrossFit, but I'm sure people would love to know just a little bit of the backstory. Yeah. I think that was the hardest thing that we did <laughs> was coming up with the name because it took, it took months <laughs> We had a list, you know, I can go back and scroll through group text messages where, you know, send 10 names, get 20 names back. And it, it was sort of a process of elimination, both internally and externally. Oh, someone's already taken it. We had one we thought we liked that someone took along the way and trademarked it. But Podium was one that was always sort of hanging out in the top five, top 10. And it just sort of became a consensus choice and and like Paul said, Matt articulates sort of the ethos of the company very well. And I'm glad we ended up with it. It looks good on the bottle. It's easy to say. And it, it really is symbolic of what CrossFit is. You know, mo- most of us are not going to be on a physical podium, but it is about making yourself better every day. It's about pursuing excellence in everything that you do. So that was long and arduous. And we reincorporated with different names a couple of times to make it all work. But I think it all worked out at the end of the day. Love it. No, I love it. I think it's cool. I think it, it, to your guys' point, it applies to everybody, which I think is really, really yeah. unique and neat. Um, and it's just a simple name that now resonates. I think you know, now that you guys have launched, uh, which we'll get into in just a second, I think uh, you know, everyone knows now when you say podium, you think of your branding, you think of you guys. So I think you guys, you guys slam that one home. Um, and speaking Hopefully. of launch, so obviously to now we've talked all about like the, the zero to one of how you guys came 
to creating a brand. Um, you guys just launched. So congratulations on that. I'm sure it's exciting to, to actually like have gotten a sale and like it's out. It's, it, they're going out this week, I know. Um, so what was that like? Would you mind kind of giving everyone just a little bit of a rundown of, of launch? I know your launch wasn't very long. You guys sold out in 24 hours. So it was like quick, <laughs> just to the point and we're done. And, uh, but I think everyone would love to hear just how that went. You guys finally brought a brand to life and launched it and it was successful in yeah. the beginning. You want to take that one, Paul? Sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, dur- during all of this, of course, the pandemic has been absolutely, you know, uh, trying on everyone. And uh, that that has created just a massive amount of difficulties kind of behind the scenes, uh, building a, a, you know, from a startup perspective and building a brand perspective. Um, a lot of that lies around, um you know, one, just being able to be in the same room together, like consistently. Sure. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's been a lot of Zooms last year. A lot of, of Zooms. Yeah. 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 Zooms yeah. all the time. Like, and when you're trying to build a partnership with people that you've never met in person and you've only really met them on Zoom, um, it, it uh, it's odd. It gets a little odd. Um, yeah. Jeremy went out and met Heber and Marston in person, all wearing masks and things like that. <laughs> Outside, was, uh, six feet away, quite an ordeal. Yeah, yeah. There, there was um, an initially, um, you know, like I, I think I met them all the first time we were going through the flavor, you know, the flavor iterations at our contract manufacturer and things like that. So, oh, wow. you know, but getting, but we made the most of it, right? The pandemic was kind of over. We were all pretty much vaccinated and we, we went out and made the most of those, you know, kind of week we were together. And, um, you know, so the pandemic of course has been really, really challenging. And then on top of that, it's created a lot of supply chain issues that have, um, you thought during the, you know, during 2020, um, it all made sense why the supply chain had, had taken such a hit. Nobody was, nobody was working. Right. So, um, you know, into 2021, things seemed like they were getting back to normal. Um, and the reality is, is that the supply chain kind of across the world is still, it's just still getting, getting beat up from either not having enough truckers or, um, you know, cargo ships that are stuck in port for four weeks. Um, and it's just like, there's an, like any number of things around, around every aspect of the brand, um, has kind of, has kind of been that way. Um, so to finally, to finally get to launch and we delayed, we delayed it a bit there, um, from July, Our expectation was July, we moved to September, uh, September one. Um, and it was, it's been a real, real challenge. I think, you know, like, like nothing kind of I've ever been through when creating brands for this space um, lead times going from eight weeks to 16 plus and trying to plan plan far enough out for a launch of this scale was was pretty difficult um, so to kind of go back to launch day with all of that kind of as a background um, you know on launch day we had built enough product and we had, had enough orders in place and manufacturing in place um, for that first day one, or, you know, not day one, but launch day, and probably two, two plus weeks out from there, so our next production run was, was going to arrive and be, and, and to wow. be produced, um, delays, 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 so actually on the day, 
that we launched, we were still in manufacturing of, uh, I think five of the seven SKUs wow. <laughs> were still on the line yeah, that crazy day and finished, uh, kind of finished, we're finishing that day or the next or the next day. Um, and so, you know, when, when we launched and you kind of see that initial spike and you go, okay, here we go. That that's, that's pretty amazing. Like what we're seeing, our expectations were far, far, ex, ex, you know, exceeded. Um, you feel a little bit of pride because you're, you know, your proof of concept is finally, it's finally there. Sure. You know, you've, yeah. been, you've been kind of, you always are in this fear and Jeremy always says really well, you're in this fear that you're in this echo chamber that, you know, you're everybody around you, you know, they're like, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's going to be huge. It's going to be sure. huge. And you, you that enough that maybe you start to like drink your own Kool-Aid a little bit. And yeah. Jeremy and I have, have, you know, uh, always said when that, those things were going like, okay, like step back guys, like we got to wait until this thing actually gets moving, you know, we, we, we could be in an echo chamber, right? Or like check yourself here a little bit. You could be in an echo. Chamber. Right. Yeah. So when, when the proof of concept happens and you start sitting, you know, the sales hit really aggressively, um, it's, it's exciting, but then you go, all right, now the real work <laughs> has to begin. Right. Um, and you're looking at all these orders that are there and you don't have product at your distribution centers yet. Um, it's literally being loaded on pallets and getting ready to go on trucks. And during that scenario, um, it's a, it's a little, uh, you can get a little anxious, I think, but, um, you know, it was exciting, exciting. And I think, um, you know, we'll restock here, um, probably later this, this week with that production run that we had talked about coming, coming soon. Um, it's like launch, launch day was crazy. Um, you know, we couldn't have asked for, asked for, asked for a better response. So, which is exciting. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. It's super cool that, uh, you know, we've talked a couple of times and I've said, it's like, online you see all this hype around it but then when it like actually you know tire a rubber hits the road and people have to put a credit card down and buy it it's exciting to see that people were like yeah i want to get this in my hands and try it um and so speaking of that you guys you guys launched on your website you guys launched a whey product a hydro and salt product and then a pre-workout product called fuse um it's available on d2c where are you guys planning on launching next for folks who are you know interested in trying podium well, like you said, the website 321podium.com, and that's also the social handle for everything. But we're actually, we have a big announcement. We're going to go retail nationwide with GNC oh, on exciting. September 23rd. Yeah. So Paul has a long-standing history with them, has launched a lot of brands, and they, they really, they are teeing up for a really big launch. This is one of the biggest launches probably in the history of GNC and in the industry itself. They, oh, they're wow. very excited. We're going to be nationwide. We're going to be in the front of the store We've got a lot of cool events and probably maybe even some in-store appearances. Very cool. Up, so, what, yeah. uh, how did, um, were, was GNC, obviously, Paul, you said you have, you've had a relationship with them in the past. Are they just really excited and bullish on the brand and what you guys are building? I think they're, they're, they're bullish, um, on the CrossFit community, I think. Okay. Definitely. Um, and you know, the, the brand, um, uh, that's, is ultimately targeting that, that community or built for that community. And so it's kind of, a, it was kind of a kind of relationship, I think, given where CrossFit has gone and where it's going, um, the new, new leadership, 
um, becoming more marketable, I think, mm-hmm. to people like a broader community. Um, I think GNC recognizes recognizes that. I think it's a, you know, the strength of, of CrossFit is always in the in, in the people that do it in their in their community, and the people that do it are well educated. Um, they're slightly, uh, you know, they're in a target market that um, GNC wants. Yeah. And needs, you know, and so GNC not having taken like a real, um, they're, they're rebuilding as well, right. They're in a place where they're, they're rebuilding and and they've always been the strongest, uh, sports nutrition retailer, you know, in the country and therefore in the world, essentially their brand identity is super, super strong and their brand equity is super strong. We could have asked for like a better partner around, around that. And so, yeah, you'll be, you'll be seeing, you'll be seeing in GNC, um, corporate GNCs across the country chain, you know, nationwide. Um, like Jamie said, September 23rd, we're pumped. I think it's a great, it's a perfect relationship. I think they service, they'll, they'll service the, the CrossFit community, um, you know, really better than anyone out of the gate. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. We ultimately will, as we grow, make different, you know, make decisions on, um, the availability of the product in different channels. We want to make sure that when our consumer, you know, is looking for the brand, they can find it. That's not going to be said that that's not saying it's going to be everything to everybody. And, you know, it's not going to be everywhere that will never be the case. Um, but it'll be where our community needs it to be. Um, and so we're working on a lot of those, those things now as well. Um, so nice. No, that's awesome. You got a lot. You, there's a lot to come. I can tell that's, that's super exciting, but the GNC launch, I mean, that's, yeah. that's enormous. So congratulations on that. That's, that's breaking news. So very, very, very cool. Um, yeah, I think a really good thing. And, and, and for us to Paul's point, they, they want this consumer and we're really going to be the only brand, not only authentic to the space, but that's available through retail channels. Uh, most uh, other brands that you would consider competitors would be D to C only. And so to Paul's mm-hmm. point, it's available. You can order it. You can have it on a certain cadence, but if you need something here, or there, you can just run in and grab it down the street. That's, that's really good for consumers. Oh yeah. Love that. I know when we were, I know when we started to get into other retail at RX, that was, that was just always something like affiliate owners even, or just your, your CrossFit mm-hmm. consumer wants to be able to like go down the street as well if they can. So I think you guys are hitting that right on the head too, early on in your guys' brand story, which is, which is awesome. Um, one of the questions I wanted to bounce back to too, that I, I kind of missed was, uh, so obviously podcast, simply finance. One of the, one of the things that I know people will be interested in knowing you guys, you know, you guys have been businessmen, entrepreneurs, uh, and have started other ventures. You guys now have like some of the biggest faces in CrossFit. So for you guys, it's probably a little bit different than let's say like, you know, someone like me, if I wanted to start a, a supplement company, one of the things we like to talk about here is this concept of like bootstrapping versus raising capital was really curious. Cause both of you guys have kind of been down that both of those routes, just very high level, your guys' thoughts. I'm sure if you're, you know, if you're in a position where you can, like bootstrapping makes a lot of sense, but be curious when you guys were thinking about launching this business, if you guys talked about that as a, as a founding team of like, does it make sense to bring in capital? I don't, I don't know what that looks like from a CrossFit lens, if there's like certain partners that would have made sense, or if it's something where it's like bootstrapping would be the goal. Just curious from, you know, you guys have experience in both even if it's about podium and then maybe experiences before just on your thoughts of, of trying to bootstrap versus raising capital for a business like this. 
Sure, uh, I can take it first. I, I've, I've done both, like you said. I have bootstrapped deals uh, early in my career that weren't well capitalized at all, and then started a company that was sponsored by the, the biggest equity fund in the US. So uh, one's a lot easier than the other, I will tell you. Uh, <laughs> you know, Just calling Apollo and saying, I would like some cash is uh, a luxury that most people would like to have. And they're great, right? You, you try to be strategic about the money you bring in. You don't just bring in money, you bring in smart money. And they were really the guys who had that background in natural resources. They had the contacts. And when we needed to go raise up, you know, a credit facility with a bank syndicate, they had the credibility to help us do that. And when, when we were ready to exit, they knew the players to go to to talk to about uh, selling the company. And so I think that it can be done either way. You obviously don't want to give away more equity than you have to. So if you can bootstrap sure. it, that's a, that's a great way to start. I think equity makes sense at certain points, you know, and it's, it's not something that we've done, but the door isn't closed to that in the future for us. There's, there's a lot of opportunity for expansion, growth, recap, whatever it might be where smart money would, would come into play. So, and I, I will say this, our bootstrapping was a little different this go round than it would have been, you know, before, but we, we've been lucky enough to be able to self-fund until now. So. Awesome. Yeah. Nope. That totally makes sense. Yeah. I would, I would, I would say, um, you know, it's not traditional bootstrapping like Jeremy, Jeremy said, um, we have been able to self fund, but, but it's been with a very strict budget, right? It's, this is the amount that we're putting in. This is how, where it needs to go. And you have to be super conservative. Like you have to be super thoughtful and purposeful with where you're, where you're spending or otherwise you can get really, really out of control. And it's not always moving the, the needle in the right direction. Um, so we, we've been, you know, like pretty conservative, I would, I would say initially. Um, and, uh, like, I don't know what, like, like what the, really the word is, but, um, I think we've been disciplined, disciplined, you know, I think that's how I would describe it. And that, that's it. It's like, it's perfect. It's, It's been very disciplined. We've had some doors that are open to us, um, that typically would not be open for most startups based off of just Jeremy and, and uh, in my uh, experience and, and kind of where we're at, well, you know, personally, professionally um, and financially, you know, we've, we've been able to do some things that generally a, a bank would say no to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, bit. sure. Um, yeah. And a lot of that is relationship based. A lot of that, like I said, is our experience and, and kind of where we, we stand just personally. But um, we, we ultimately right at, you know, it's, it's a combo of bootstrap and kind of making sure that it's, uh, it's available for everyone. Right. Now G and GNC um, to be able to go chain wide, that's not a small investment. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a meaning it's meaningful. Um, and if you can get it right and you can deliver on time, then it's, it's huge for a brand from a, from a breath standpoint reach that you just normally wouldn't have as a startup. Um, and so, yeah, I think kind of that bootstrap mindset is always there with Jeremy and I, like, is this the right place to put, to put the dollars? Is this the right time? Um, you know, just being really thoughtful with, with that spend, you get a lot of these vanity type things to try and look a certain way. And Mm -hmm. we've been really like disciplined, like Jeremy said, to, like vanity is not something we're really into. It's just, 
is this right for the consumer? And do we need to have, are these things important for, for them in the end? And if they are, we'll spend there. If it's just, we want to look cool. Yeah. Um, and the answer is probably no. Sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The return on coolness is quite low. So you really, <laughs> like Paul said, we wanted every dollar to show on the shelf or be able to taste it in the shaker. And so I, I think we have a great formulation. It's flavored really well. We could have done things cheaper. We could have left things out. The packaging could have been uh, less significant, but that all makes an impact. You know, Paul can speak to that a lot. Discoverability of a label, being wanting to pick it up, hold it, turn it around, read it. Uh, those are all important things. They drive sales. And so, like you said, we wanted to spend money where it, where it counted. I think we both have a healthy skepticism of the echo chamber he was talking about. And so you, you see these brands or these entrepreneurs, and I've known people personally who, you know, just, just a thousand more dollars, just 10,000 more dollars. And we're there and you can get caught up in that if you're not careful. So it's, it was a big leap to, to take the GNC deal, but, and it's not something that most entrepreneurs, probably 99% could not have afforded to do that logistically or financially. Uh, otherwise there can be low barriers to entry in this industry, but to Paul's point, we, we wanted to do it right. We wanted to do it big out of the gate and do something that was worthy of our partners. You know, Matt has had a lot of success in GNC. The boys have a very high profile. We, we wanted to make this, you know, a launch that was worthy of the brand and the founders themselves. Got it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I thought it'd be a great question for you guys. Cause you kind of, I just from some, you know, minimal conversations we've been able to have about this. It's like, it's very interesting to see that you guys, you guys definitely have that like scrappy mentality from what I can tell. It's just, you guys, you guys are like, to your point, making every dollar work really hard. But you guys didn't start off with just like, okay, we're going to have a small little D2C site. We're going to scale it and grow it. And then we'll get some, re like right. you guys are coming out of the gates hot, right? So it's, it's really cool and a really, I think, unique way of coming to market. Um, I know we're, we're getting, we're running out of time. So I, I do have a, a couple last questions I would love to ask you guys. The, the last one, just for people who are excited about Podium, you know, maybe hearing this for the first time today or, or even know who you guys are, what are some of the, and you don't have to share anything if it's secret still, but what are some of the exciting new innovative things that listeners can, can expect at a Podium in the, in the near, near or future, I guess? Yeah, um, you know, ultimately, ultimately for us, um, we're trying to put together the products that the community is asking for, and so we are. We we say this a lot. We're always listening, always trying to make sure that we uh, um, are providing the best possible product that our consumer consumer wants for the for the for for the majority of our consumers. Of course, there's always going to be, you know, a segment that's always going to want more. Sure. We're kind of working, working towards that. Um, so we're, we're always, like I said, listening, number one is super, super important to us. Um, we will come out with new flavors, new products, um, you know, pretty consistently, new, new formulas, um, targeting different areas consistently as well. Um, you talk about kind of innovation. Some of that stuff is going to be, you know, innovation, such a broad, broad word. Sure. Um, in sports nutrition, I think for, for podium right now, what's really, really innovative is that we're developing the formulas. Most people don't know this, but in sports nutrition, you know, all the ingredients have been set since Deshaies in 1994. There's not any new dietary ingredients really coming to the market. Um, and so everybody's working from the similar, similar toolbox from the same oh. toolbox. And so ultimately it's how are those ingredients put together to service your consumer? 
And that's what I think makes us kind of innovative and unique for the CrossFit community is that these are being formulated and designed for this type of training. Um, you know, it's not going to be your traditional pre-workout, which is filled with pump ingredients and 300, 400 milligrams of caffeine that just, you know, puts you into an anxious place you, you don't want to be from, from the very beginning. Right. We, we formulated it, the pre-workout, speaking of the pre, to the pre-workout, really formulated it a lot around stress reduction, uh, mental clarity and focus, um, anxiety relief, like all things you typically wouldn't think about when with the, with the traditional pre-workout, like most people think a pre-workout is just give me the energy so I can go. Um, the energy component is there. The performance component is there, but also that mental clarity and that mental, that mental piece that I think is even more important in this type of training. When you get ready to say, I'm going to, I'm going to go 30, 40 minutes, you know, in an EMOM or hit this, you know, a chipper that looks pretty like, awful on paper right right um, a lot of that kind of reducing that anxiety is, is huge to just get you going where you need to go right and, um it's almost we've developed something i think is, is is really really special of the of the pre-workouts that i've built some of them you know are, are best known in the world and um this is my favorite formula today wow all right and i think it's the most efficacious honestly and it right, tastes the best as well <laughs> Um, in addition to that, you know, there's, there's the, um, you know, there's the, the hydration electrolyte pro- product called hydro and salt. That's like super important for the, the CrossFit space, um, and endurance athletes as well, or just anybody kind of out there, like really, really, um, putting in a ton of effort for extended periods of time. It's got 400 megs of electrolytes. It's got hydration components, um, in addition to, you know, to six grams of BCAA. Um, most, most brands would just give you six grams of BCAA. Yeah. Um, and so traditionally it really, you know, if you look at it, you go, oh, that's a really amazing BCAA product. But um, for yeah. us, the electrolyte hydration component for the CrossFit space is more important mm. than even that, but from a yeah. recovery, even the BCAA, where you're looking at recovery, you're looking at just really any time of the day you're taking it electrolytes, you know, you know, salt timing and things like that also provide significant amount of energy um, for whatever you're doing as well as uh, recovery components as well. And then I think on our, on our whey protein, what really makes it special is it, 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 you know, it's super clean. Um, We're telling you exactly what's in it. There's a protein breakdown on the, on the back of the product. And we're saying, Hey, we're giving you X grams of actual weight of, of whey protein that's delivering this amount of, of actual, you know, grams of protein. Right? Yeah. So and that, brands that part, doing that. not to cut you off, but that part, that's not a, like a, that's not really done very often. Right. Like I don't remember it's any of the protein typical. brands I've had. Yeah. yeah it's, it's that. not, it's not typical. I've done it a few times in the past with, with brands, but um, you're showing like most brands will say, I'm going to put 25 grams of just weight in there. I put 25 grams of protein in the product. Right. It's not testing out at 25 grams. If you were to go test that product, it's going to be much less. So you're actually not getting 25 grams of protein, although it's on the label that way. Because oh, they can wow. audit, they can legally say, I put 25 grams of protein in there. Here's the document saying I did it. But the reality is like your body's not getting 25 grams of protein. And so when you're trying to look at your macros and, and that bit, 
that's important to make sure you know exactly what is actually being delivered. And so we show that on the back of the, of the product, what the you know, whey, protein pro, whey protein isolate, uh, whey protein concentrate, here's the amount of each that's going into the product and here's what you're actually getting from the product. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, and that equals 25. So we're putting in a lot more weight. You know, our two pound protein is actually more like 2.4 pounds. Um, you know, and you're always getting more than 25 grams of protein in it, uh, which was important to us. We want to make sure someone goes and tests this product. It's going to test out above those requirements. And that includes our pre-workout and that includes the hydro, uh, hydro and salt product as well. Um, making sure we're putting in substantial amount of overages that get the, the testing confirms what you're actually receiving from the product, not just what's going into the product. Um, so that was super important to us. That of course comes with, you know, it makes the products on our side more expensive. Um, I think what we've been able to do is still provide a retail price point that is competitive and in line with the market and not ultra premium, which is, um, you know, oftentimes these formulas would be selling for 10, 15, $20 more. Yeah. There's some other brands that have, that have kind of, um, I think have gone after the CrossFit space with very, very high price points that are really not justified. If you look at the product themselves. Sure. Um, and they do that for a few, a few reasons. Number one, it's like, okay, the CrossFit community, we know they have money. They're spending $120 on, you know, on a gym membership or more every month. Right. Which is, to me, I don't think that justifies the fact that just because they can't afford it, that you should that that you should be kind of trying to stick that on them. I think that's yeah. disrespectful, you know, sure. oh, yeah, yeah. like dishonest as well. And so, um, you know, we're at, we're at a price point that I think is, um, something that anybody can really, can really, you know, not everybody, but anybody can, you know, if they're looking for a pre-workout, we're in line with most pre-workouts. Um, the same goes for, you know, for our whey protein, as well as our, um, as well as a hydrogen salt product. So yeah, those are the things that they make us a little bit different, like going into this space. Um, I don't want to talk about all the things we're doing, like in the future. Sure. No, hundred percent. It was kind of a goofy question because you just launched. So like to ask about what your innovations, I'm really getting ahead of my, myself here. So no, <laughs> not guys- a bad question though. I mean, we've got a, yeah, we got a lot in the queue. So yeah. the only thing I would add, people keep asking about it and it's not a surprise, but just to address it, we, we will go international. People don't understand that bringing a brand to life is hard and bringing it internationally, especially in this space is like orders of magnitude harder, Yeah. but we, we are working on it. We're going to be everywhere that people want podium and if they do CrossFit. And so that that's exciting for us to sort of see that map light up around the world and, and we're going to work to bring it to everybody. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I have empathy for you guys on that part. I, I, I've, I've said the RX side going international, that was quite the endeavor that I don't think any of us yeah. saw coming. So definitely have empathy for you there. Yeah, um, it's the same as, ship, as shipping a t-shirt, right? It's, it's very different. No, right. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. Uh, People are, you know, drinking this. So, you know, I think one of the thing that we need, like we want to address, I think we get this question a lot as well is um, the, the testing, right? Are these tested for athletes? Um, there's a lot of kind of self-certifications that are out there um, that a lot of people ask for, like NSF and things like that, that we could, uh, you know, inform choice, et cetera. Those really are, in, they're, they're, they're just an additional um, 
self-certification, which a lot of people don't, under, mm. don't understand. They're pay to play a lot of times. And, you know, Got we'll, it. we'll go in, we'll, we're, we're looking into NSF and informed choice as well, but ultimately we're already doing the testing that's required for both of those certifications. And so when our raw materials come in the contract manufacturer, they're tested um, to make sure that they are what they say they are, of course. And if they're not, they're rejected instantly. Um, and then we start looking at new suppliers in that event. Um, uh, it's, yeah. kind of a, it's kind of a, one and done scenario with our manufacturer in that sense, which is nice. If you fail once, you're kind of out forever. Sure. Um, yeah. And then past that, when a finished good is complete, it goes through all the rigorous testing to make sure what's in there says so there's lead and everything else is not in there, heavy metal, et cetera. All the, all the required testing for the FDA um, and CGMP. And then beyond that, we take, we take the finished good and send it to a third party testing facility to make sure that, what we're testing, what was tested as it came into the contract manufacturer, what was testing as it came in out of the contract manufacturer is still what it should be uh, from a third party. So um, like I said, every, everything is tested rigorously in third party testing and all of that. And we'll continue to, to track down certifications that our consumers are asking for. Um, but yeah, we're, like I said, listening and, um, and, and ready to make those, those decisions when it makes sense. Definitely. No, and that's, that's really cool that you guys are being transparent up front and doing a lot of that testing on your own, right? Like I'm sure a lot of brands would, would skip that expense and uh, maybe go get that certification, maybe not. So that's awesome. I think it really resonates with the consumer you're going after. Obviously CrossFit people do CrossFit, I think are probably a little bit more uh, lack of better words, obsessed with what they're putting in their body than maybe most. So sure. uh, I, I love that. I think that's great. Um one of the questions I always love to ask founders on here, um, you guys obviously have, have been in entrepreneurship for a long time. You've been successful and now you're, you're doing podium. What is the, the tools that both of you use to get shit done? And when I mean that, I mean, are you guys pen and paper people? Do you guys have apps? What is it that people listening can, can learn that Jeremy and Paul like to use on a day-to-day basis to get things done and, and hit your goals? I like pen and paper. I like to make lists and then, uh, sort of acute circumstances don't always get through them. I found one the other day from my last venture that I had a you know entire page of things to do and we sold the company. I was like, well, I'm just not going to ever get those done. So it, it works to some level of success, but not always. Uh, I use Outlook, you know, my calendar. I live and die sure. by that. Um, otherwise, not not a terribly organized person. I don't I don't like it, but I've sort of accepted it at this point in my life that it's just not going to change. So. Paul, Paul's Look. got a, a journaling tool that he likes. It's pretty good. He tried okay. to get me to use it. I, I have it. I just, you know, I'm very bad it. at it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, a very much, um, well, one, we've invested pretty, pretty extensively in our, in our EP system, yeah. uh, which Love helps it. keep a lot of things from a brand perspective on, on track. That's an expense that most people from the beginning of a brand wouldn't, wouldn't invest in. Typically. Sure. Yeah. Um, that helps, of course, on our operational side and for, from a scaling perspective, um, be kind of ready for all, all things that, that are coming our way. Um, but, to, but, but uh, like Jeremy, I'm big on pen and paper, been on, big on a whiteboard, love oh, the whiteboard. Love so I'll put kind of the top, top five things that are the focus for the week on the whiteboard. Um, and just, you know, it's right in front of me. So I'm staring at it 24 hours a day, basically. Yeah. Um, past that, of course, out, like, outlook, like Jeremy said, is, is, is massive for us. We, yeah. 
Um, we manage a lot of things in, in Dropbox. Um, you know, during the launch, actually, it was, it was interesting. We were, I was at home because well, my entire family had COVID other than, other than myself. And so when we launched day one, Jeremy was here in, in, the, in the office. I was at home. Um, and so a lot of the things that we're sharing back and forth to stay organized amongst each other, number one, is really the most important thing, making sure that we're kind of tackling everything in real yeah. time and not letting anything uh, with our team get, get missed during a, during a launch day. Um, we're using a lot of Dropbox um, as well um, for our assets and digital assets that we're connecting with all of our, our different partners. Um, yeah, we have so yeah, many outside parties. Dropbox is the only solution really for people outside the organization. So got it. Yeah, yeah. 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 It seems yeah. like, no, go for it. Daily organization though. I think it's, it's uh, yeah, it's just the calendar and, and outlook and that's really the main, the main ones. But I mean, I'm hearing pen and paper whiteboard. It's funny. That's like the most common on here. I get by far like very much pen and paper and mostly, mostly I've got had founders tell me that they, they're not organized. That's been like by far, if there's one takeaway from this podcast, that's what most, most entrepreneurs. Interesting. So we're, we're a good company is what you're saying. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, the pen and paper. Yeah. You haven't found anybody who's super organized. No, I mean, I would yeah. say 95% of the people I've interviewed have told me that they're disorganized and they use pen and paper, which is pretty funny. Okay. Like yeah. you think of all the apps and tools out there, most highly successful people are not using them. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I, I yeah. think part of it may be our age. You know, we're sort of of the same generational cohort. We're not digital natives. Like we're all, almost there, but like everyone else we're working with is so much more proficient at all of it. I'm just like, I don't understand what TikTok is, but <laughs> we got to figure it out. So. Yeah, yeah, we're we're sketching things on a pen and paper yeah. or a whiteboard yeah. and saying like, hey, you know, designer, do this, you know, yeah. like, it's like a daily. And they do it. Yeah. It's just <laughs> right here. And it's just, you know, um, I, I like the way I like doing it that way more. Honestly, no, it makes I sense. Think I think, I think it's a little more creative. I, I tend to think that a lot of entrepreneurs have this like creative, obviously mindset and pen and paper seems to be a lot more creative than, you know, apps, mm-hmm. for example. Um, no, I love that. Uh, la- last one I got to ask, I always ask is, um, source of knowledge. So favorite book, podcast, anything you guys listen to or learn about was, was there anything that stands out that you would like to suggest to the audience today? Uh, do you want to, I'll, I'll take it first. It's funny. You, you mentioned him a lot, but Ryan holiday, anything that he's written, I think ego is the enemy is probably the best business book or leadership book written in the last 10 years. And every time I read it, every single chapter, it's like, why are you dogging on me so bad? Like yeah. I, everything about it is <laughs> that's so what true. I've lived. Uh, that that's a great book. I, I think, uh, the book you wrote about Peter Thiel's suit against Gawker conspiracy is excellent. Probably the best book I've read in the last five years it just teaches you, you know, to, to sort of be creative about solutions and to hang in there, you know, and, and that litigation is not fun. So ah, th- there's yeah. that. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I actually, I listen to your podcast. I feel like I learned a lot of good stuff on it. Um, there's you. some others. Um, I listen to pivot, even though I don't always agree with the host. I think Pivot's a pretty good podcast it sort of keeps you on top of what's going on in the world of tech and business. So that that's a good one too. Well, thank you for the plug. Appreciate it. And love those. We'll add those to the show notes. Paul, what about you? You know, it's weird. I'm, I'm more, um, I'm more probably on the side, uh, do a lot of reading, but, but, um, you know, kind of go back and forth between fiction and non nonfiction. Oh. Um, and can't say that I 
typically finish books. <laughs> so I get like three quarters of the way. I'm like, okay, got that. Let's, let's move on. Um, but I really, I really like, um, I'm kind of on the CPG brand side. I, I, I'll wander the halls of a, you know, wander the aisles of a target or, or a Kroger or an HEB. Um, I'll get into like the dye line or, you know, places where there's kind of creative new brands, startup stuff, kind of always trying to look it's a lot of design like design uh um websites and and design uh just social following their social and things like that just kind of like what is kind of bleeding edge or what's kind of next what's coming next um all that stuff is kind of really interesting to me and and telling in a sense like if everyone's designing around a certain thing in this really small community what what could it become you know in the next like five to ten years and i think with podium we've kind of captured we're, we're i think we're kind of bleeding edge of that that type of that type of design um so yeah that's that's where i am i think love it's it. kind of, yeah I'm no done. i love it you guys got a good blend probably, you guys yeah. probably share a lot of good info together during the pandemic dove in, a good team yeah went and got a, a digital marketing kind of certificate type deal just kind of keeping up to date and things nice. like that but um more more around the, that world for me in the creative world no i like that it's funny fiction that's one i i don't know if anyone's ever suggested anything in fiction on here maybe that's something i'd be an interesting one that i i get i'm the same way i get like really down the like business and self-improvement yeah. aisle but maybe fiction would be an interesting way to mix it up something i read like atomic habits recently which was good but like i'm reading um uh the brothers karamazov now which from Dostoevsky or whatever translation yeah the first like three quarters of it are a little rough to get through but it's starting starting to pick up love it no it's cool though it's different I like it I like it um all right so last question and the most important I know you guys have plenty to get back to work on um how can people follow podium how can people follow you both and then how can people get their hands on the product well, the, the speaking of the brand, 321podium.com, 321podium on any social handle. Uh, we'll be in GNC on September 23rd. Other avenues coming soon to purchase. Uh, for me personally, you're going to be really disappointed, but at Jeremy L. Osborne, see what's <laughs> going on in my life. Pretty much just Love podium it. stuff. But, you know, Paul and I are pretty boring on social, I think. Oh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> you'll you'll be seeing more. Jeremy said at 321podium.com, but also that's the social handle. We'll, we'll start to build out um, a YouTube presence where we're really sharing more of the nice. kind of behind the yeah. scenes of what, what makes the brand tick. Some outtakes and things like that from, you know, from Matt and Heber and Mars and Justin and Craig and a little more fun stuff around what the brand's kind of consistently doing and there'll yeah. be new characters as we be as we start uh really hiring um that's something we're we're, we're doing now uh, pretty aggressively so i want to make sure that we mention that anybody who's interested send uh you know we'll start putting some stuff on our career page at 321podium.com very cool so look forward to seeing those those resumes but everything around operations to you know digital marketing um social media uh, finance, accounting, you know, all aspects are, are coming. Um, my personal social is just a lot of myself and my kids and my wife. <laughs> um, so, uh, not, not super exciting either, but uh, exciting to me, but maybe yeah, hundred percent. 
I will. Uh, well, we'll add all that to the show notes and make sure everyone okay. gives you guys follows on all of those. And you never know. Maybe both you two are just going to get your your influencer moment after this. Might get big followings. You know, you never know. I <laughs> doubt that. But yeah, DM us with your business ideas. How about that? There that, we go. There it's we worked go. out so far. I was going to say, take your shot. Whoever's listening. Yeah. Love it. Well, both of you, thank you so much. Appreciate you guys coming on, being the first time we've done two people on the podcast. So this was a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys taking the time. I know you're both incredibly busy and I'm very excited to see the the growth of Podium. I think you guys have developed a, a, a badass brand, just put it lightly. And uh, I think there's lots and lots to come. Uh, excited to see what you guys do next. Great. Thanks, Shane. Awesome. Fun time. Thanks. Thanks.